Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 16 of the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. Um, thank you so much to everyone who has listened to the podcast so far, who's shared it with your friends, who's given us a review and subscribed to the podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Please continue to share the podcast with your friends if you are enjoying it. I also want to start today by wishing um, the very, very, the very best of luck um, to the lady footballers competing in the All Ireland today. This episode has gone live on the thirty first of July, twenty twenty two, where Kerry are playing Meath in the Senior All Ireland Final. Also, best of luck to the intermediate and junior All Ireland finalists and to everyone taking part and everyone supporting today. It's going to be an incredible occasion, and um, I wish you all the best of luck. So today in episode number 16, we are going to be um, following on from episode number 15. So in episode number 15, we were talking all about continuous improvement and the power of getting 1% better each and every day. Um, And that was inspired by the amazing Dave Railsford. Today, we're taking it a little step further and we're going to look at how practically in our lives we can implement that we can implement the power of continuous improvement to allow us to be more successful in the pursuit of our goals and if we can bring this into our day-to-day lives um, it will make us so much more successful I'm going to tell you exactly why and exactly how in um, in three really simple practical steps today Um, so the first step Um, to continuous improvement is it sounds very simple but to do more of what already works okay so we often waste the resources and the ideas at our fingertips because they don't seem new they don't seem exciting they don't seem very sexy because they've always been there and there are so many examples um, of these behaviors big and small that can drive progress in our lives if we just did them with more consistency. Often, you don't need more information. You don't need a better strategy. You just need to do more of what already works. And an example of this, okay, if we want better dental health, we need to be flossing every day. If we want to get fitter and stronger, we need to not miss workouts. Um, if we want to perform better in business, we need to be consistent with the fundamental business tasks every day, not just when we feel like it, not just when we have time. If we want better relationships, we need to apologize more often. Um, if we want um, to, if we want the people around us to feel um, like they're appreciated. Maybe we write more thank you notes. We do more of what works. We stop looking for the next best solution. So for example, your current level of fitness, it's generally a reflection of how much much activity you get on a normal day. So let's say your standard, your non-negotiable day um, requires you to walk about 8,000 steps. If you want to get in better shape, the go-to approach would be to start training or to start training for a race, to sign up for a 10K run, to sign up for a half marathon or to get to the gym more. So that would be what you would think would allow you to get fitter. However, if we're looking at the habit creep approach, it would be to add a very small amount to your standard behavior. So if your normal day is 8,000 steps, what if you walked 
8,100 or 8,500 steps per day rather than 8,000. And you did that every single day. It sounds small. It sounds insignificant. But over time, that will massively compound. And you can apply that logic to nearly every area of life. And the beauty about going from, we'll say, 8,000 steps a day to 8,100 steps a day is that it doesn't take very much more effort or it doesn't take much more time or it doesn't take you changing much about your life at all. So we'll say if you have a normal amount of trips that you take each year, a normal amount of books that you read each month, if you want to see more of the world or become more intelligent or knowledgeable, then you can use the idea of habit creep here to slowly improve these areas by improving your day-to-day. So you have that normal set amount of trips. Maybe you add in one extra trip a year. You have that normal amount of books you read each month. Maybe you work on just reading maybe an extra half a book or an extra few chapters of the next book each month. You slowly and incrementally increase things so that it's not a lot of effort and not a lot of extra time. And there is a really good example of this. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about the checklist manifesto. So in 2004, nine hospitals in Michigan began implementing a new procedure in their ICUs. And almost overnight, healthcare professionals were stunned at its success. It was called the checklist manifesto. So um, three months after it began, the procedure had cut the infection rate of ICU patients by a massive 60%. That was after only three months. Um, Within 18 months, this one method had saved $75 million in healthcare expenses. And best of all, this single intervention, it saved the lives of more than 1,500 people in just a year and a half. So this medical miracle, it was also so much simpler than you can ever imagine. It was just a checklist. Sounds way too simple to have the incredible results that it did. Um, And I'm bringing you this story from the best-selling book, The Checklist Manifesto. So if you want to know more about this, go read that book. Um, one of the checklists that was used to reduce the risk of infection when, in, um, when installing a center line in a patient, that was one of the checklists they used. And that was a pretty common procedure that was very standard. So on a sheet of paper, they plotted out the steps to take in order to avoid infections when putting in a center line. So when doing that, very simple, standard procedure, doctors were supposed to, number one, wash their hands with soap, check. Number two, clean the patient's skin with antiseptic, check. Number three, put sterile drapes over the patient, check. Number four, wear a sterile mask, hat, gown and gloves. And number five, put a sterile dressing over the catheter site once the the line was in. So, and they were meant to go check, 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 check at each step. Um, And those steps were no brainers. So it seems silly to make a checklist for it at all. However, um, the author of the book asked the nurses in the ICU to observe the doctor for a month as they put in their lines and record how often they completed each step. Um, This was before the checklist was introduced. And in more than a third of patients, 
they skipped at least one step. So that five-step checklist, it was the simple solution to save 1,500 lives. Just a simple five-step checklist. No technical innovations, no pharmaceutical discoveries, and no cutting-edge procedures. The physicians just stopped skipping steps. They implemented the answers they already had, just did it on a more consistent basis. So when we're thinking about new solutions versus old solutions, we have this tendency to undervalue the old solutions, to undervalue the answers we already have. We think, oh, sure, everyone already knows that. However, everybody already knows that is very, very different to everybody does that. Even more critical, just because a solution is implemented every now and again does not mean it's implemented consistently. And we have this tendency to assume that new solutions are needed and that new solutions are better. And it's not always the case. So that's step number one. Um, Do more of what already works. Okay, now we're going to dive into step number two on the journey to to continuous improvement. Step number two is avoid tiny losses. So in many cases, improvement is not about doing more things right, but doing fewer things wrong. This is a concept called improvement by subtraction, which is often focused on doing less of what doesn't work. So in the real world, it's often easier to improve your performance by cutting the downside rather than capturing the upside. In education, this might mean avoiding silly mistakes, making fewer mental errors. In investing, it might mean never losing money, limiting your risk. In web design, it might mean removing the on-page elements that distract visitors to your that distract the visitors on your web page. In exercise, so we'll say in exercise, addition might look like making your workouts more intense. However, improvement by subtraction might look like missing fewer workouts, which could be a lot easier than making them more intense. When it comes to nutrition, addition might look like following a new diet of 100% healthy foods. However, improvement by subtraction might look like eating fewer unhealthy meals, which might require a lot less effort. In addition, um, if we... When we're talking about football, addition might look like getting more scores, whereas subtraction might look like conceding less scores, working on your defense. So avoiding tiny losses um, can be hugely powerful. In one scenario, you're trying to chase the upside. In the other, you're just focused on limiting the downside. Most people will only focus on chasing that upside, but both work. And if we can target both, we could see a lot more improvement in our lives and make getting to our goals a lot more achievable and maybe get there faster and in a more efficient way. So that is step number two, avoid the tiny losses. Okay, so let's dive into step number three on the journey to continuous improvement. Step number three is measure backward. So we often measure our progress by looking forward. We plan milestones for our progress. Basically, we try to predict the future to some degree. 
However, there is also an opposite approach and you can try and see what works better for you. So measuring backward means that you make decisions based on what has already happened, not on what you want to happen. So a few examples, if you're looking at your steps, measure your step count every day. Did you get 8,000 every day for the last week? Then focus on averaging out at 8,500 this week, a small improvement based on what you did last week, not a huge, big jump. Strength training. If you squatted 40 kg for five sets for five reps last week, maybe you give 45 kg a go this week. Um, When it comes to relationships, if you are looking to find a partner, okay, or you're looking to go on some dates, how many new people did you meet last week? Zero. Then focus on introducing yourself to one new person this week. And that could be a simple way to expose yourself to more, to more people and increase the chances of meeting someone. In entrepreneurship, if you only landed two clients last week while your average is five, it sounds like, okay, maybe you should be focused on making more sales calls this week. Okay, how can you get more calls booked in? Focus on what you did last week and work on improving it. Measure backward um, and then aim to get a little bit better. Find out what you did last week. How can you improve on it a little bit for the week going forward? So like just to summarize, success is the sum of small habits repeated day in, day out. Success is never an overnight thing and it's never down to one decision. It's usually down to a lot of things accumulating over time. And if we are to just summarize everything, okay, from the last two podcasts, if we can focus on continuous improvement, getting 1% better each and every day, that will compound massively over time. And how we do that, we focus on three simple steps. Do more of what already works, avoid tiny losses, and measure backward to move forward. If we can do those simple steps and do them consistently, we will be hugely successful in the pursuit of our goals. So that is everything that I wanted to leave you guys with for today. Thank you for listening. And I really look forward to hearing how you get on with implementing those steps. And I look forward to talking to you all in episode number 17.